You're listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast with Dr. Cameron Marshall. Ask Concussion Doc is a show where we answer your questions about concussions, treatment, and rehabilitation to help practitioners better manage these injuries. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 53 of Ask Concussion Doc. First of all, check out my cool new bracelets. Uh, this was given to me by Cora from Beads for Brains. Huh? Hey, Sam. Check it out. Fancy. Looks nice. I like it. Uh, so, Beads for Brains is um, an initiative that was started by uh, Cora. Um, I'm going to butcher your last name here. Lieblin? Lieblin? Loblin? Lieblin? Um, and a portion of the proceeds from every um, bracelet sold goes towards health. Uh, brain health initiatives and research. She is currently herself recovering from a concussion and she creates these beautiful bracelets um, as part of her own therapy and now she's selling them and donating the proceeds towards um, brain health initiatives and research. So they look awesome. Pretty cool. Um, Check out at Beads for Brains on Instagram uh, and if you'd like to order one you can email her at cora.beadsforbrains at gmail.com so thanks Cora thanks for hooking me up with some new swag I like it Um, Sam I am deep in course mode so those of you guys have been following following along with my Instagram stories you see that I'm posting a lot on the updated uh, version of the course and we've been doing this course for six years now this is how long CCMI has been around we've been educating people and we've been doing this course for six years And I just wanted to give you guys an idea of what goes into the Complete Concussion Management Practitioner Certification course. Um, I know that when I tell people about this, they're like, holy crap, they can't believe, you know, how much it actually takes to develop this course. So we started this program about six years ago in developing this evidence-based course. And the idea was to have a fully evidence-based protocol backed by research that healthcare professionals could utilize in their practice. Concussion is not a topic that's typically covered in medical schools or other healthcare curriculums in North America, Australia, UK, anywhere. And so most healthcare practitioners do not have any education when it comes to concussion. And so our mandate and goal was to try and educate and train other healthcare professionals that are out there so that they could provide care to patients. And so the way that this works is we have a research team Every single week we get together and we review the research. That happens on Tuesdays. We go through all of the stuff that's been published in the past week and we read all the abstracts. And then we separate it and we pass it out to each other and we read the full papers of anything that we deem to be important. After we read those full papers, we come back together the following week and we have summaries of each of the scientific papers that we've read. We then take those summaries and we compile it into a monthly research update. We take that monthly research update, which is a summary and synthesis of all the studies that have been done over the past month that have been published, and we send it out to our entire clinical network. We then pick three of those studies or two of those studies, depending on the month if there's any good ones, two or three of those studies, and we put them into our Concussion Chronicles. And so I know that a number of you are signed up for Concussion Chronicles, and you receive those research summaries on a monthly basis. That's only two or three papers. In the ones that go to the clinic, there's you know 30, potentially 40 papers 
uh, in these research reviews because sometimes it's heavy. We want to make sure that our clinicians understand the changing landscape of concussion on an ongoing basis. And we know that with 100 publications a month or more coming out, that the average practitioner does not have time to keep up with all of those research um, articles and so we're synthesizing it we're breaking it down so that we can save them time but make sure that our clinical network has the latest evidence-based information when it comes to concussion treatment rehab everything else okay so after a full year of this of putting out these monthly research updates our medical advisory board then gets sent all of the monthly research updates as well as a marking schema and we go through it and they have to rate each paper based on its merits and whether or not they feel that it's important enough to be included in the full practitioner certification course. So all of our medical advisory board members will, will vote on these papers and then the top papers from those votes are the ones that actually get implemented into the course. So then we have to go through all of the monthly research updates, take out the studies that are the most important from each one that have been voted in by the medical advisory board and figure out where they place in terms of the flow of the educational course and curriculum that we've developed. So then we take the course from last year and then we take all the new studies and we update that course curriculum over time. So usually the research goes out to the medical advisory board around April, May they come back with their kind of final tally by the end of May. Then usually throughout the month of June, we're compiling all of those new studies into the brand new course. And that's kind of where I'm at now. So then after I've developed modules or a couple modules, I'll go into the green room studio that we have and I'll film all of, the, all of that updated content. And then other practitioners that are teaching other modules will be filming their updated content. So every year, the Complete Concussion Management course is a full brand new curriculum based on all the latest scientific evidence and what we currently know about concussion. The crazy thing is, is that the actual protocol and how we do things changes month to month and year to year because the, the how fast the landscape is changing with concussion. Like I said, there's over 100 scientific articles coming out every single month when it comes to concussion. And in order for us to keep up with it and make sure that we're providing the best possible care to our patients, we have to make sure that we're keeping on top of it and keeping our clinical network informed. And so anytime anybody does the complete concussion management course, you are getting the latest information that's available and it's no older than, you know, probably about 300 days because there's always some overlap there. Um, so our goal with this, obviously, like I said, is to make sure that our clinics are trained, to make sure that we can provide patients with the best possible care. I know there are a ton of you out there because I get a lot of the messages of people wanting to come and see me. You don't have to see me because we've trained a network of over 300 clinics now around the world to be able to see you. If you're in an area that doesn't have a clinic, one thing you can do if you know a really good clinic that would be awesome, we're looking for clinics all over the place, if you have a clinic in your area that you think is a tremendous clinic, but they need to up their concussion game, just have them hit us up. Okay, they can go to completeconcussions.com. They click on our our, our um, clinic certification program. It's up right on the top bar. They click on it, and it'll open up some information about what it takes to become a CCMI clinic and they fill out an information request form and one of our people will get in touch with them and we'll go through the process of trying to figure out if it's a good fit or not at their clinic. We don't accept every clinic. We have to make sure that the clinics that we're accepting are um, up to the standard that, that we want and need uh, in order to run a good concussion management program. So if you're in an area that doesn't have a clinic, 
just go on completeconcussions.com, have a clinic in your area, fill out the form and get in touch with us and uh, we'll do our best to try and find somebody in each of the areas that we can. Our goal is to have to help as many people as possible through providing stuff like this, evidence-based, uh, and then also training healthcare practitioners because obviously you're not going to learn everything through a one-hour podcast every week, but we're trying to give you as much information as we possibly can. So if you're wondering why I haven't posted on Instagram in a while, I've been swamped with this course, but I still make time to at least do the podcast uh, and chat with you guys every week. Okay. Whew. All right. So three questions for today. Uh, we've had a few of these ones for a while, so wanted to uh, to get them out there. Number one, can you get concussion from a whiplash injury? Number two, when should you see a doctor for a concussion? And number three, can you die from a concussion? Okay, three questions. Question number one, can you get a concussion from a whiplash? The answer is yes. Concussion does not require you to be hit in the head. Concussion is a result of the brain undergoing acceleration and deceleration forces. If you are hit in the head, obviously that's the easiest way for the brain to move around within the skull because the force is delivered directly there. And so you can get a smaller hit to the head and that can move your head a substantial amount and you can get a concussion injury. But if you get a substantial hit in the body, or even just falling on your bum or you know whatever if your head whips back and forth kind of in that whiplash like mechanism you can suffer from a concussion injury i will say this however it's much um the forces that are required concussion happens around 120 or sorry 70 to 120 g's of acceleration whiplash injury can happen as little as four and a half g's of acceleration so every single concussion will have a whiplash included. So every single concussion, because you're taking a force of 70 to 120 Gs of acceleration, a whiplash injury is also caused by acceleration and deceleration, but it's acceleration and deceleration of the neck. Well, the head and neck are attached. The head can't accelerate unless the neck is also accelerating. There's just no way for it to happen. So if you've had a concussion, 70 to 120 Gs to the head, you've taken at least four and a half to the neck. So every single concussion will have a whiplash, but not every single whiplash will have a concussion. And it's just based on the force differential, because you can get a whiplash at four and a half Gs, but not get a concussion because you haven't hit the concussion threshold. But if you've hit the concussion threshold, you've definitely surpassed the whiplash threshold. Okay, so that's the distinction. Yes, you can get a concussion from a whiplash, provided the whiplash is fairly significant. But if you do have a concussion, you for sure have some element of whiplash. The interesting thing is, is that the symptoms of whiplash and the symptoms of concussion are the exact same. They found people with whiplash will have cognitive difficulties, visual disturbances, balance impairments, memory impairments, uh, headaches, uh, everything. Every single symptom lines up specifically with whiplash and concussion, and so you can't tell the difference. So you may have had a whiplash and you're experiencing symptoms that you think are more concussion related. They may actually just be the whiplash because the symptoms are the same. And the same thing goes for concussion. If you've had a concussion and you're still experiencing ongoing symptoms, this is why treatment of the neck can help with your symptoms. Because you've had a concussion and a whiplash and everyone's focused on your brain and getting your concussion gone, 
but the symptoms you're now experiencing might just be due for the under, from the underlying whiplash that you also experienced. So that's why neck treatment can be effective for concussion. Good summary? Okay. Uh, next question. When should you see a doctor for a concussion? You should always see a healthcare provider when you have a concussion. The key, however, is that they should be trained specifically in concussion or have some sort of expertise in concussion because not all healthcare providers do. Um, going to any old doctor, and I know that a number of you out there right now that are experiencing persistent concussion symptoms can say you went to your doctor and they really didn't do much for you. That's because many clinicians have not received adequate training when it comes to concussion. And so going to any old doctor is not going to be helpful. You need to specifically seek one out that has concussion training or experience with concussion or knows a thing or two about the injury itself and keeps up to date with the emerging literature because it frequently changes. So research in both Canada and the United States has found that medical school curriculums inadequately cover concussion as diagnosis, return to play, return to sport, persistent symptoms, you name it, inadequate coverage of that topic. In 2012, a study in Canada found that less than 30% of Canadian medical schools even had concussion on the curriculum at all. Less than 30%. Those that had it, the average amount of time spent on concussion in the entire four years of medical school was 30 minutes. So a half an hour spent on concussion over the entire four years of medical school in only 30% of the medical schools in Canada means that the majority of physicians out there have never received any training on concussion. And so you have physicians that are excellent concussion clinicians because they've gone above and beyond and have done their own research to try and find out what's going on. You also have clinicians who have not done that and they're gonna be generally fairly unhelpful when it comes to concussion. So, just keep that in mind. A 2018 study found that we're getting better at this. Now, uh, almost 90% of medical schools had concussion on the curriculum, or I think it was 90% of uh, schools had concussion on the curriculum now, and the average time was about two and a half hours dedicated to concussion. In my mind, that's still not quite enough. Our course, for example, at CCMI is about 40 hours long. Um, and so I think there's a lot more that goes into this that you would need rather than just two and a half hours. But anyway, we're getting better. And I think that's the point. But anyone educated before 2018 may not have had any type of training when it comes to concussion. And so this just goes to show that it's not when should I see a doctor with concussion. You should always see some sort of healthcare professional with a concussion but you should make sure that that person has received training or has experience or has done their own homework and has taken an interest in concussion and keeps up to date with the emerging literature on the topic, okay? The other thing is, and I should mention this, is when should you see a doctor with a concussion? If you have any red flags, now red flag scenarios are things that are not significant of concussion or they don't signify that you had a concussion, but they signify you may have had something more serious than a concussion. Concussion by itself is not necessarily serious, provided it's managed appropriately, but when you get hit in the head, you can also suffer things like brain bleeds or fractures in your skull. Those types of things are very serious and they require immediate attention. So if you have any of the following, I'm gonna go through the list, red flag symptoms, 
you should be going to the emergency department immediately. Red flag scenarios. Severe or worsening headache, if your headache continues to get worse over time. Seizures, if you have seizures and you're not a person who has a seizure disorder. Weakness in an extremity. Numbness in an extremity. Nauseousness or vomiting after injury. So after injury, if you vomit a couple times, hospital. Decreasing alertness, decreasing level of consciousness. Changes in vision. Tingling or numbness anywhere, face, uh, limbs. Difficulty speaking or understanding speech. Difficulty swallowing. Difficulty writing or reading. Loss of fine motor skills. Loss of coordination. Loss of balance. Abnormal sense of taste. Or a prolonged loss of consciousness. Generally we say if you've had a loss of consciousness more than a few minutes, you should be probably being transported to the hospital. So the scenarios in which you see a doctor immediately if you have any of those red flags that I just spoke about. If you don't have any of those red flags, the next order of business after having a suspected concussion would be to find a healthcare practitioner in your area that specializes in concussion management because the right advice can set you up for success. And I'm gonna give you guys a little tidbit here because we're doing some research right now um, with a Canadian university and we're looking at the data that comes in through our clinic network. And what we found is that the number one predictor of recovery, okay, the number one predictor of how long it's going to take somebody to recover, an appropriate recovery, is how soon they're in to see one of our clinicians. That's the number one prognostic indicator of recovery is were you in to see one of us within the first five days? Okay, so when should you see a doctor with concussion? If you have any red flags, go to the emergency department ASAP. If you don't have any red flags, try to find a trained healthcare practitioner in your area and try to get in as soon as possible because that will set you up for recovery. Given the proper advice and the proper management and all the things that should be going into an appropriate concussion management protocol, you will recover better than if you wait for longer than you know five or 10 days. Okay, that's the summary there. Finally, question number three, can you die from a concussion? No, you can't die from a single concussion injury. However, you can die from things that may also occur at the same time as concussion. For example, a brain bleed. This is why when a concussion occurs, you need to be watching things for the next three to four hours right after it happens because you're looking for any of the red flag scenarios that can indicate signs of a worsening condition. These are things that tip you off to potential brain bleed. That you can die from. You can die from a brain bleed. So if you've had any type of head trauma and you have any of the red flag issues, you should be going to the emergency department right away because these can be significant and they can be life-threatening. I'll read the list. Severe or worsening headache, seizures with no history of seizures, weakness in an extremity, nauseousness or vomiting, decreasing alertness, changes in vision, tingling or numbness, difficulty speaking or understanding speech, difficulty swallowing, difficulty writing or reading, loss of fine motor skills, loss of coordination, loss of balance, abnormal sense of taste, and a loss of consciousness. 
Um, those are some red flag scenarios that should indicate that you should be going to the emergency department because that indicates a brain bleed. A single concussion by itself without a brain bleed is not a fatal thing. It's not a life-threatening issue. One other thing that can be a life-threatening issue in very rare scenarios is what's called second impact syndrome. Second impact syndrome is having a second concussion before you've recovered from the first concussion. So if you have a concussion, there's a period of vulnerability in which you can suffer another concussion with much less force. Not only can you get another concussion with much less force, but during that period of vulnerability, that second concussion can actually result in a fatal outcome. A concussion results in an energy deficit that takes a few weeks to get back up to normal. If you get another concussion before that energy deficit has recovered, your energy levels can drop down to levels where it may create permanent damage, it may create a very prolonged outcome, or in the worst case scenario, it can be fatal. So the question again was, can you die from a concussion? No, provided it's managed appropriately and provided you don't have anything else more serious going on than a concussion. So the things, so the summary here, you can't die from a concussion, but you can die from a brain bleed, and you can also die from a second impact syndrome. So if you have a concussion, you should immediately stop all high-risk activities, anything that puts you at risk for hitting your head again. So you should be definitely removing yourself from the game, definitely removing yourself from any type of future contact practice or contact activities until you're cleared to do so by a licensed healthcare practitioner with appropriate concussion training. And also, if you have a suspected concussion, you should be watching out and monitoring for those red flags that I talked about because those are the things that can be fatal. All right. I hope that answers those questions for you adequately. Do we have any other ones that have come in? Great. Happy Wednesday. Uh, I'm going back to course creation and hopefully we'll have this thing done by, uh, by the start of July uh, to get all you guys. I know there's people waiting to actually take it, so I'll try to get it done before uh, July. All right, guys. Cheers. Happy Wednesday. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Complete Concussion Management Podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a review. Have questions about concussion management for future episodes? Submit them to our website, Facebook, or even Instagram. See you next time.